Welcome to the Revelation Project Podcast. I'm Monica Rogers. And I'm Andrea Willits. Together, we're disrupting the trance of unworthiness and guiding women to reveal the truth of who we are. We say that life is a revelation project, and what gets revealed gets healed. Self-forgiveness is a really pretty word that a lot of people throw around. And it's interesting. There's, there's so much grit in self-forgiveness that I've started to see it as this kind of gritty spiritual practice. And it really has, in so many ways, been an access point back home to myself. And so I think for you too, Andrea, you've often been a great model for me of self-forgiveness. Mm. <laughs> because do you, do you see me needing to forgive myself a lot? I do. You know what? It's so funny that you say that. Yes. But how many, but this is what's so great about that. How many people out there, how many times a day do we have to forgive ourselves? Yeah. I, I, I mean, really? Oh my gosh. Wouldn't it be interesting to actually have one of those little clickers? Right. And be like, <laughs> <laughs> oh, For- I'm now up to 103 and it's only 9 a.m. <laughs> forgive, forgive myself again. Cha-ching. Yeah. Right. Like yeah. drop the egg on the floor and again. Cha-ching. Right. right? Burn the coffee again. Cha-ching. Yeah. Right? And what's going with burn the coffee? You idiot. Right. Right. Or damn, the refrigerator door just hit that clock again. You know, when are you going to finally get it? Right. Like you, you imbecile. I mean, yeah, it's never just, yeah, it's not, oh, you burned the coffee. Are you okay? Oh, you're so distracted, honey. It's all right. (laughs) (laughs) Wouldn't that be something if we did that? Well, now I do. That is kind of how I talk to myself. I'm like, oh, you little precious thing, you. Now it's like, oh, you precious little idiot. Look at you. No, I'm kidding. But but sometimes, you know, sometimes I have to joke my way into it. But humor is always good when it comes to self-forgiveness. Like if you, honestly, if you do not have some humor in your life, you cannot laugh at yourself. Oh my God. You're screwed. You're screwed. I say that a lot, actually. It is true. I do. I do laugh at maybe that's what you're talking about. You witnessed (laughs) me. Is that I'm constantly laughing and I am laughing at you, myself. You, you're always shaking your head and laughing. So I'm like, what? Is it me? Is it her? You it's know? both, Monica. Yeah. It's both. Yeah. You're like, and you will say, I'm just having so much compassion for both of us right now. <laughs> <laughs> oh, my God. Oh. So self-forgiveness. So t- talk to me about self-forgiveness, Andrea. Self-forgiveness. Well, um, it's interesting because when I think of self-forgiveness, one of my favorite people to go to is Tara Brock. You know, she she's she really is a wonderful wonderful researcher of it, expert on it, um share of it. And uh I I was taking some notes and I just have to share with you this piece because it's so great. I I I put this together from from a talk she was having. To forgive is not something we can will ourselves to do, but we can intend to forgive. Be with the intention to get to the forgiveness piece. Begin by having self-compassion and I think this is really self. It's going to the self. 
bring awareness to the place of hurt and fear in the self. Go inward with your compassion first. Then you will be able to go beyond yourself. And I think this is incredibly important, right? Because all kidding aside, the forgiveness that I think we really want to talk about today is it's actually a a much like you said, grittier, harder, scarier place of reckoning. Yeah. You know, and, and to talk about self-forgiveness, it's, it is, it is the deepest of deep, I think we're, and because it has actually its own timeline, we cannot will, you can't will forgiveness. Mm -hmm. It's, it's, it's literally a, uh, an, an unfolding and it, it's, it's a, a poking and getting into places going inward, right. To, to seek out what's, what's happening really. And it is the self-loathing. It is the shame. It is self-hatred, right? I mean, that's how deep it is. So who the hell wants to go in there? Who wants to go toward that? Yeah. Yeah. And yet, and I, right. So, so what I'm hearing you say is that there's a call, we're always being called to go within, always. And it's, it's so interesting, right? Because it's, it's the place we fear to go. And yet there's this so much freedom there. That, that the practice of going within, not not only does it get easier with time, but it gets more expansive, and it gets more rewarding, and it gets more, it reveals so many more gifts over time. It's like, it's really, it's a remarkable, and what the word that really comes up for me is relentless, that there's a relentless call to go within, and that there's a relentless call from self to a relentless call for love of mm-hmm. self. Yeah. And, and I'm going to go as far as to make this bold claim that we are all being called right now relentlessly to go within and do the work of self-forgiveness so that we can look at each other with more compassionate eyes and forgive out there because yeah. that is what keeps showing up in our in our world right now is are all of these exacerbated wounds yeah that are so um they feel they almost feel so obvious and so in your face, they at least for me, they feel like they're so in my face that 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 this planet and this situation or this issue needs healing, right? That there's so many of them. It's like, oh my gosh. Yeah, I want to. Excuse me. I want to go to this. So what is this? And where I go is what I think to bottom line, what you're pointing at is separation from self. Mm-hmm. That's just what came like, it is separation from self. And I'm imagining my the, our audience that's listening right now is possibly thinking about, well, how do I how do I know this relentless calling, right? How do I know? Where is it? I, I'm not quite hearing it. What it's- I want to say to that and and please piggyback on me with this monica is what i want to say is 
You are being called. We are all being called every day in every moment. And it is a practice and it is getting quiet enough, literally in the present moment more so versus distracting us from discomfort to start accessing it, to start noticing the invitation to go inward. Well, I'm going to, yeah, I will piggyback on that because I love what you're saying. Actually, I think the indicator is in our reactions all day long. Yes. That, that actually the moment we tune into social media and we see one story after another and after another, and we suddenly feel overwhelmed or angry or frustrated or activated, that all of that is a call to go within mm-hmm. because there's nothing out there that isn't a mirror so great for where we need to do our own work of self-love yeah I love that that's it that's such a great place to point our audience is that it's literally like a mirror when they're getting activated it is that simple isn't it it is um and and I'm sure that there are uh listeners who might be really who might disagree with that you know I, I imagine myself hearing that the first few times and being real pissed about it because I did I couldn't see that mirror or that reflection at all right for a long yeah. long time yeah well again who wants to yeah right? and it's still hard for me on a day-to-day basis to watch my activation on certain issues and hear it as a call to get square with myself to you know, to really like feel that, like that, that how I could actually do the world a service right now is by sitting in my own, in my own discomfort about yes. it. Yes. Right. Because it's not about getting into action. Right. And That's I mean, right. yeah, I can stroke a check, right. For, you know, Planned Parenthood or whoever it is that I'm feeling called to support or you know I can you know go to the local food kitchen and be in action but the truth is oh my gosh that where I really need to be it's that too but it's also sitting with the discomfort of what is coming up in me no I love what you're saying actually it's like I'm, I'm having a major like um Oh, you know, could have had a V8, right? Like listening to you right now, it's literally that, Monica. You're right. It's it's so poignant and it's so simple. Yeah, write the check all day long. Yeah, go volunteer all day long. But actually, it is the act of going inward, going inward, taking responsibility, literally, and going inward and to start practicing that self-compassion so that we literally can meet people in our everyday living with that compassion. Because honestly, that's where in the ground roots of all the healing that's needed, that's literally where it begins. And if we can start treating our neighbor, right, with that same compassion that we're going to bestow upon ourselves, wow, we would have a very different world we would have a very different world. I uh, I think too, you know, we, you and I can 
we have some really poignant, powerful self-forgiveness examples, especially in these last few years. Yeah. And I think sometimes the hardest thing when I'm listening to, you know, different leaders or gurus or right, it's like I can sit there in theory all day long and agree with them and yes, and this and that and the other thing. But where I really feel we want to kind of bring this to earth, right? And and ground this in examples and modeling are through our own personal stories when it's appropriate. And yeah. I and I'd love to I'd love to hear one that that kind of feels powerful for you that yeah. that has kind of been a teacher for you. Yeah, well it's interesting because I was thinking about that as you were talking about going inward. And and so I um I I have uh I have two sons that are a part of this story, and we were hanging out last summer, actually, in the kitchen. We were going down memory lane, talking about the farm when when I had been married to their dad, and just funny, silly memories. One of my sons said, yeah, mom, and... When you used to yell, we would hide. And I, I was like, what are you talking about when I used to yell? My other son was like, oh, yeah, mom. Oh, yeah, when you used to yell. And I was like, I'm not a screamer. What are you talking about? Uh, really, like having this pride about having it all handled, not being a screamer and out of control, and that that's, that's just not the way I communicate. And they were both adamant. And I was incredibly uncomfortable and in feeling incredibly defensive. Mm-hmm. After that conversation, it was really having its way with me. It was working on me big time. And like you I, couldn't let it go. I couldn't let it go. And I could not remember. I mean, in all honesty, I could not source the memory of yelling at my kids. So uh, a day goes by, it's working on me. Another day goes by. I mean, picture like a a pestle and and mortar where you're just grinding in, right? Just trying to find. What does that look like for you? Are you irritable? Are you short? Are you kind of like I I wasn't like dazed, kind of thinking about it all the time. I was actually i I was retreating into. I was quiet. Mm -hmm. I was quiet. It quieted you. Yeah, it quieted me. I was and I I was ruminating, Mm. I would say ruminating on it. Yeah, I'm not familiar with that kind of. (laughs) (laughs) Right? Like, um, can't relate. Yeah, yeah. yeah. And just really, and I I was perplexed, right? Mm -hmm. Because I couldn't source it. And then interestingly enough, I was closing having to close windows because it was very hot. And I was putting the air conditioning on and I was shutting a window in the family room. And I kid you not, Monica, you had a memory, the memory dropped in of me shutting that window soon after my divorce and the kids and I had moved to this new house. I was shutting the window because I didn't want the neighbors to hear me losing my shit on my kids. Mm. <gasps> And it literally, I I was like, oh my gosh, I remember. Mm. And then, I mean, honestly, it it took me right out at the knees because 
it came literally flooding in like a dam that had been opened and the shame. So this is where for me, like I felt mortified and I felt so much shame because as I started remembering, I had to feel the feelings of what was happening. And I think I literally released out onto my kids and myself years of frustration of not voicing my Mm. upset, my loneliness, my desire to be seen and heard. And, um, and those kids got the wrath of it through, um, my frustration and yelling. Mm -hmm. And, um, and so I had to sit with it for longer, uh, and literally navigate to this piece in me, this place in me that had been really strategically covered up and buried because it's ugly. Mm. It was really ugly. Yeah, it's al- it's almost like those ugly parts of us or, or behaviors, right? Because, and there's that shadow, right, where we where we actually make it mean about us that we could have done that, that we're bad and wrong and whatever it is. Terrible mother. Yeah. I'm a terrible mom. Right. And there's this like disassociation from it where you literally couldn't remember. No, I mean, I, I had so disassociated from that part of me and that time in my life. And so getting to the wounding, really took some time and um when you say getting to the wounding what do yeah, you mean yeah because what had so I got to the ugly mm-hmm. right you got to the memory what happened yeah and you I could put it together and say that's what my boys were talking about now yeah, I'm remembering right. it I'm clear on what it looked like yeah and 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 then it's like so I'm a seeker yeah and so it's like okay, so what's under that? Because there's always something under that and under that, right? It's like, yeah, what's the underbelly right. of that? What's, right. what's the real vulnerability under the anger? And so now you're diving down into soul, your soul. I'm soul diving. Yeah, I'm soul diving. And I'm, I'm having this reckoning. And what I got to was under the anger was hurt, was this little fragile girl that had been ignored mm-hmm. and had been ignored and ignored by me. Mm-hmm. It was me. I mean, I could put all the blame I wanted to out there on my husband, on the marriage, but it for me, it was actually, I need to have the reckoning with me. Mm-hmm. And what came from that was the possibility of self-forgiveness because what I got to was, oh, so in that feeling vulnerable, what was the desire? What was, what was the feeling of not being enough? And it was, I want to be loved. I want to just be loved. I want to be enough to be loved. Mm -hmm. and I recognize that struggle that's a very old story for me 
I also realize that, that it's, I got to that. So that's on me. That's, that's my job. Mm-hmm. The, this is where self-compassion comes in, right? Because it's like, so girl, you got to start loving that girl. Like, you know, see it and understand it. One of the ways that I actually did that was allowing myself to go to the ugly and stay long enough to then get to the vulnerability right? What's that underbelly? And then seeing that it was about being enough Mm -hmm. and not feeling enough. Mm -hmm. And then I just want to be loved. So after I had this reckoning with myself and I was recovering now, I decided to have a chat with my, with my boys and to actually ask for forgiveness. Mm -hmm. I want to also point out here that all the all the initial knee jerk confusion and defensiveness mm-hmm. even when i was doing the work of going in and understanding it was still really hard for me to go to my boys like i noticed my resistance to literally like lay it all out yeah and say mama i was wrong i was defensive and not have like some type of of defense excuse or, or excuse. defense yeah to make this gig yeah okay right? yeah yeah so i had to wait to have enough courage to keep that ego out the, like away and not take over yeah. where i could literally stand in front of them and i did it separately with each one where that wouldn't go away. I mean, where that wouldn't get in the way. Mm-hmm. My my ego mm-hmm. part. I went to Carter first. And I said, look, uh, I, I, I finally remembered. And he's looking at me, you know, just kind of has an impish look on his face. He, he's just taking me in. And I think it was, you know, I'm making this up, but he was just, he was a little confused. <laughs> Right, he's like, "Where's mom, this going?" Like, right, like, "What, what's up, mom?" And he, and and a little deflect, like, "Mom, it's okay." And I said, "Darling, you actually need to let me get this out because it's really hard." Mm-hmm. And I decided to be so transparent, which is what kept my defensive ego out there. And I said, "Because I have to tell you that I was wrong. Mm-hmm. There are no excuses." Yeah that I yelled at you, I screamed, I lost my shit. And I can't imagine what it what it must have been like for you. Will you forgive me? Period. Yeah. Like all my shit and that I was grappling with and under right. That's that's for me. In my reckoning. Yeah. I don't pull that in with my apology to him. And like truly asking for forgiveness. Yeah. And uh, I said, will you forgive me? And he was, <laughs> he was uncomfortable. He was giggling. And I said, just, you, you, you can even fake it if you don't know. But, and if you don't forgive me, that's okay too. But I need to ask you for the forgiveness. Yeah. Well, it's interesting because the other piece that I'm, I'm really, I'm really kind of sitting with over here as you're telling the story is that place where even when nobody else is going to forgive us 
do we still continue to hold ourselves hostage or is that where we get to be really tender with ourselves? Because there have been situations that I haven't been forgiven for. Yeah. And that I've, you know, had to forgive myself regardless. That's right. It's, it's, I, this is a really important point you're making because in that story for me, I actually did forgive myself first. Yes. I knew going to them that I couldn't force them to forgive me. Right. That, yeah. that, that, so it was literally about, it wasn't about, will you forgive me so I can forgive myself? That's right. not the way self-forgiveness works. Well, okay. I think what's, what's really <laughs> cool here is that that's, what's actually coming to the surface yeah. is that that's not how self-forgiveness no. works. You had to do the work first. Yeah. Self-compassion. Yeah. And you had to get to that underbelly and see yourself in that vulnerable way. And that that vulnerability in that same space of vulnerability, you were able to go to your kids and say, I am so sorry that I did this thing that obviously you remember, and that created pain and hurt you. Yeah, 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 exactly. And so um, and he did forgive me and he gave me a hug and a kiss I think the greatest gift we can give our kids is our our is our imperfect selves yeah right I mean my parents have never I had four none of them had ever asked me for forgiveness if they had hurt me so it was this this is I think a really great gift that we can give to our our children is Mm -hmm. this modeling from a a an authentic, genuine place of being humbled. Yes. You know? Yeah. You know what? It's pulling up for me actually a time, you know, when, when I went through my divorce, my mom really didn't understand the circumstances of my divorce and she was not particularly understanding in multiple ways. And when she finally did understand, I remember her apologizing to me and that that was actually incredibly healing for me to to have my mother you know apologize because it had it had really wounded me I have I felt so misunderstood yeah yeah um and and she really she really created a bridge between she and I for for healing and for much more conversation because frankly there's no opening for conversation either when we're not in a compassionate loving place with ourselves or willing to hear how we've wounded another from our own pain. And here's the here's kind of this interesting paradox about hurt people, right? Hurt people hurt people. Exactly. And if and if we're and if and one indicator out there, you know, for um, self-forgiveness is if we repeatedly hurt people yeah is is to know that that's actually a symptom of self-loathing exactly right we don't yeah, it's see so... we don't see that right away we don't see that like when I kick the dog I'm actually you know in a in a moment of self-loathing or yeah. feeling out of control yeah. or um separating from self separating Literally. from self and right. not you know and wanting wanting things to be different from what they are or, yeah, you know, and just not having compassion for myself or the other being that's involved in that moment. 
right? Where I'm willing to lash out or, and then of course, when we do the thing, then we have the shame. And all of those are also residual symptoms of the wound, the self-loathing, the self, exactly. um, you know, the, the self-abuse, the, bla- and the, the blame. blame. Yeah. Right? Such, I mean, we can get on such a blame game with ourselves. And then, right, when we're blaming, we're blaming out there, we're blaming in here. I mean, there's so much sidestepping, right? It's, it's that compl- constant deferring constant distracting, constant, right? Separating. I mean, to bring it back to where we're inviting people around this ability to hear the relentless invitation to go inward for this type of work, to go inward for forgiveness, to go inward to consider what, what the truth is, it literally is going back to understanding how distracted we are. So if we can literally relate to the feelings that are happening in that moment to be like, oh, I need to actually, this is what she means by go inside. Yeah. Right. And that's what I did for me was when the boy said that, I mean, three days, Monica, it took me three days to get it. Which, which, you know, I mean, I'm over here kind of laughing. Three days is nothing. It it takes some people a lifetime. Right now, there's so many, there's so many opportunities to forgive ourselves. There's so many opportunities. I mean, we were joking at the beginning of this, like before breakfast, right? There's, (laughs) there's probably, you know, half a dozen, half a dozen times before (laughs) breakfast or whatever it is. Right. But it's, it's truly this practice. And so I read this interesting quote and it was, you know, people who love themselves don't start wars. I love that. I love that too. I wish I knew who said it, but, um, (laughs) (laughs) but whoever you are, it's so brilliant. It is because self love breeds compassion, compassion for other people. It starts actually with compassion for ourselves. And a lot, I do recall a time in my life where I could have compassion for others and I was unwilling to give it to myself. But when you can love yourself and and feel compassion for yourself, your ability to be compassionate with others and forgiving of so many things. And I'm not talking about forgiving as in spiritual bypassing. Or I'm not talking about, right, like, I'm talking about it from simply that perspective that it's, it's heart expanding, it's heart activating, and it just offers so much freedom and spaciousness in relating to others and in situations in the world that a lot of times we can't sometimes do anything about other than feel that compassion in our own being and 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 in that moment maybe there's even a you know a prayer or a thought or a sentiment that comes in energetically that we're able to offer when we can't physically do anything else for yeah someone. and I, I also want to I have an opinion about this too in that level of compassion that you're you're talking about practicing when we have self-compassion 
true self-compassion and then we take it out in the world, it's a whole nother game. It is, it is deeper than the compassion for others, but I don't have it for myself yet. Right. It's different. Yeah, it is very different. It is different. I just wanted to, cause a lot of people will say like, you can't really love others if you don't love yourself first. And while that's true, it's also, there's also an element to it. You don't know what you don't know <laughs> until right. you actually get to that place where you love yourself. Then there's, there's this certain understanding about love that you didn't even know that you didn't know until you got the self-love piece, well, until you got the self-compassion piece. Exactly. And I guess what we're saying is, you know, if you like the eight icing on the cake, like that level of compassion, then you are going to love the cake part because it's deeper. Yeah. It's, it takes you to that truly connected spiritual place of self, that, that divine truth. Yeah. It, it, it really is. It's just, um, it's, it's where the magic is. And then you see you're not separated from self. Like you're, you're so whole and joined. So of course, then the capacity for that right of of that level of compassion yeah is it's just amazing well it 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 also it's the other uh quote that came with that one was once you know how to be in relationship with yourself the rest is easy I thought that was really interesting too because it really it really kind of points to this it really points to this whole piece about that relationship to ourselves maybe maybe being the hardest most difficult place for us to actualize our life from you know what i mean yeah like that once we get that piece the rest is easy yeah well just to wrap up my story in that right using that is you know how i said like I still had this resistance where I wanted to be really defensive, you know, about like, well, can I ask for forgiveness, but kind of like make, make mama look good, still look good. Exactly. And what was interesting was I felt after I had had this conversation with both of my sons, I felt whole. I did. I felt so whole and such a lightness I felt lighter, Monica. It was like, I felt truly unburdened. Yeah. You know, and, um, and like, wow, I really didn't need the armor. Uh-uh. I didn't need that defensiveness. I didn't need a yeah, but, and, and to explain it away because I was clear. And clean. Clean, right? Yeah. And it was, and guess what? Then I literally was able to love truly love I mean I'm getting like so into my woo-woo right now (laughs) right but it was so amazing to feel like I just I'm loving I'm loving my whole self the good the bad and the ugly like truly it was it was it was it was such a gift it was just such a gift to all of us yeah that that time of atonement right it's it's an atonement well I think I think the other piece that we we often don't realize is that when we don't excuse, defend, and we really do come 
right? Well, and we really do come from a place of self-compassion. There's nothing on you anymore, you see, and there's nothing that can be held over you anymore because no one can punish you without your consent. And if you've already forgiven yourself, no one can lay any more shame or blame. It's like, yes, I, I screwed up and I've, and I'm going to forgive myself. Yeah. I want to underline that, that sentence you said a minute ago, no one can blame you without your consent. Is that what you said? No one can put anything on you without your consent. No, but I love that. Yeah. Right. Like, isn't that amazing? Think about that. Yeah. Without your consent, people cannot have this power over you. No. And when you've already forgiven yourself, there's nothing, there's no way to punish you. Do you know what I'm saying? It's like what we get to do when we forgive ourselves and we ask for forgiveness for another, again, even if they hadn't given it to you, it would no longer, their, their blame or shame on you would no longer stick to you. Exactly. Because it's clean. There's nothing for it to stick to anymore. The only way shame and blame and all that stuff can stick to us is if there's something for it to stick to. And it's the, and there's that clearing that I love so much, that absolution, you know, that purification of self-forgiveness that allows us actually to become separate from being able to know that level of shame or blame anymore it's just it's done it's over and then suddenly you feel aligned with the truth of who you are again that's it and so you can move freely in the world without now here's the thing I'm imagining that until that came up you were moving pretty free right you weren't thinking and you guys were just memorializing and talking about memories at the table until it came up and then you were like (gasps) You know, and then it really got to you. It bothered you. And so you had to go back and look. Now, here's the cool thing. You didn't have to do any of that. No, I didn't. You did it because you were ready to do it. It was there. It showed up in the space and you were willing to tangle with it and get into integrity about it. Yeah. And in doing so, you actually also... Your boys could now see you in different eyes as that imperfect human. And I bet you that there was a part of them that got to see you differently and it gave them permission to see themselves differently. And that's the thing we often also don't realize about self-forgiveness is that when we model self-forgiveness in the presence of others and we're clean about it and we're clear about it, we give them the freedom to be with their own imperfect selves. Yeah, exactly. That's, it's really, that's the gift in us actually living this life with integrity as best as we can, Mm -hmm. you know, that we can model it for, for our children and our loved ones. I mean, it's, and it is what's being called in us now, right? Yeah. Yeah. It it truly is. Yeah. And back to that, that piece about, so how can we recognize it? So I would say (laughs) it's always in the resistance, right? Like always, exactly. Everybody says resistance is futile. I say it's the, it's the most fertile place to look. If you feel resistance around something in your body, it's, that is an opportunity to go within and get and fall in love with yourself. Yeah. Because there is something there to, to reveal. 
So resistance is actually a clue and it's the first step before you have a revelation. So, so resistance for, for all of you listeners out there, when you feel resistance, right? I can feel it the second it shows up in my body. If, cause it feels like a constriction, like a no, like a wall goes up. Like I want to hide. I want to defend. I yeah, want to exact explore. escape, yeah. right? Get out of it. Fight whatever or flight. It is. Yeah. Right. All those feelings. Yeah. That's when you're separating from yourself. And that's exactly the time. That's the cue. Go within. Um, I want to, I want to close with this wonderful quote of Tara Brock's forgiving means not pushing anyone or any part of our own being out of our heart. As we bring a full compassionate presence to the wounds that we've been protecting, we release the armoring of hatred and blame that has been imprisoning our heart. We cannot will this process of forgiveness, but we can be willing. It is a challenging and courageous life practice that frees us to love without holding back. Isn't that beautiful? If you're someone who would value an opportunity to work with us in a deeper way, we'd love to offer you an introductory free month into our online monthly membership, Remembering Sisterhood. Join us there for soul diving, live coaching, special guests, journal prompts, tips for living your most authentic life, and so much more. Simply go to our website, jointherevelation.com, and click on our membership link using the code podcast in the checkout. We can't wait to welcome you there. We hope you enjoyed this episode. For more information, please visit us at jointherevelation.com and be sure to download our free gift, subscribe to our mailing list, or leave us a review on iTunes. We thank you for your generous listening. And as always, more to be revealed.